I sent my oldest son off to a youth retreat this weekend. He was hours away. And like at any time when I'm not with him, I really missed him. But with that great distance and for those several days, I was really feeling the disconnect. I'm so glad that he had his gab phone along. I was able to send him a quick text each evening to ask about his day and to tell him that I was praying for him. Have you heard of these things? The gab phones? That's gab, G-A-B-B. They look and feel a lot like a smartphone, but they aren't connected to the internet in any way. A user can call, they can text, take pictures, and even listen to music, but that's about it. With the Gab phone, I had peace of mind knowing that I could get a hold of my son all weekend, but that he didn't have access to the internet. And most importantly, the internet didn't have access to him. He wasn't scrolling social media or being sent shady photos from total strangers. He wasn't wasting time playing video games or being taken advantage of by cyber stalkers. If you too are interested in purchasing a regular cell phone that looks and feels like a smartphone for your kids, you can grab 30% off a Gab phone or a Gab watch right now. Head to GabWireless.com and use promo code mom to mom at checkout. That's capital letters. M-O-M-T-O-M-O-M. So once again, go to gabwireless.com and use promo code mom to mom Welcome to the mom to mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. The other day I was in the kitchen making a dessert for a small Bible study group that we were hosting later that evening. And while I was mixing the batter, I had about eight things I was thinking about, or at least trying to remember. And my son came in and he casually asked, what's for dinner, mom? You know, as boys do. And while I heard him and my brain was trying to find an answer for him, it was also trying to hold on to those eight thoughts while also making dessert correctly. So I ended up just staring at him blankly. And so he asked a second time and eventually a third time and received a blank stare again and again. Finally, I kind of lost it. And I remember saying, I'm thinking, just give me a second to think. I had just put dinner in the oven and I could physically smell it cooking. I had the menu for the night's dinner written down and posted right next to me on the fridge, but I couldn't for the life of me remember what we were having. My brain was too full of things to answer one simple question for my son. And in that moment, he suffered the consequences of my distracted brain. If I'm being really honest, that's the case most of the time. If I'm too busy, too distracted, it's usually my kids who suffer. Today, we're going to be talking about distraction and how it affects our home and what to do about it. So we've talked a little bit about the distraction of cell phones on the podcast before, specifically when we chatted with Wendy Speak in episode 49, but cell phones might not be everyone's distraction drug of choice. What are some of the other culprits maybe in your lives, ladies? Well, cell phones are a big one for me, but you know, one of the biggest things that gets me sucked in on my computer is Amazon. I have to admit, I, I do kind of get 
stuck in there. It's easy to just start going through and seeing things and, and one thing will kind of lead you to another. And, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a trap for me, or honestly, a good book can distract me for hours. I really, I'm a, I love to read. I'm a reader. So I can, that can just, I, I honestly don't think of that as a distraction because I think reading's a good thing, but sometimes when I'm not supposed, to, I have certain times that I that I set up for reading, but when it's not one of those times, it kind of will, you know, take me away from other things I should be doing, like cooking dinner or cleaning or you know doing the things I should be doing. And I, I think we have to differentiate, Kate, because you said reading is a good thing, and I think that's the thing with distractions. Most of these things that distract us aren't bad things; they're good right. things. It's just when we don't put them in their proper place, right? then they become a distraction. <laughs> exactly. What about you, September? Well, some of my distractions would include my own personal agenda or my own schedule. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I have things that I know I want to get done and things that I have to do or I want to do. Um, I think it's a narrow edge to sit on because we have things we need to do. We have things we want to do. We have areas we have to do. But the distraction for me falls in the cracks of those areas, not necessarily because I'm not focusing on my kiddos, but maybe because I'm focusing on what is next or how to make something work. So I would say my biggest current truest distraction is probably my phone, which is like a catch 22 because I use it for work and podcasts and things like that. Um, but distractions for me are not always about my motherhood. Sometimes I'm distracted from my marriage and um, personal, personal things for myself. So I know we talk about motherhood here, but um, I know distractions can take us from a lot of things. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I'm kind of in your same boat and maybe it's just the season of life I'm in right now. I think my biggest culprits of distraction are just overcommitment, which often inadvertently finds me on my phone alone. Um, but it starts with the overcommitment. And I think overcommitment is a double-edged sword. You know, I'm currently in charge of co-leading many things. You know, my co-op, I lead a book club for my son, a bunch of tween boys. I'm a youth group coach. I mentor a few young women. I serve monthly in the soup kitchen. And, you know, you couple that with regular commitments at home and work, all of which are good. None of them are, are you know, self-serving really. They're not, um, they're not just necessarily for my own benefit, but individually they're all fine commitments, but you put them all together and then you couple them with the communication that's required for all of those things, you know, texting back and forth and even just the mental space that a lot of these things take in planning and preparation. And, and like the example I talked about at the beginning, when you have eight things spinning around in your head, it becomes a lot. I think I'm also guilty of letting leisure hobbies seep out of their proper place. You know, like Kate was saying, reading isn't a bad thing, but I like her love to read. Um, now that my kids are a little bit older and don't demand my constant care and attention all the live long day, like they did maybe a couple of years ago, I've been able to revive a few of my favorite pastimes and, and even develop some new ones like listening to audiobooks and podcasts. So I pop in my headphones and I listen while I do chores, but they're an easy go-to while I'm cooking dinner or folding laundry or whatever. But if I'm not careful, those earbuds can act as a stop sign to my kids. 
and it discourages them from quote unquote interrupting. Or I can become agitated when I am interrupted because it's a process to, you know, hit pause on the audio and remove my earbuds. So I've been guilty many times of letting my leisure become not just a priority, but kind of like a right that I'm secretly demanding. And hear me in this, if you're listening today, I'm not saying that leisure activities or what you might call self-care is wrong, but again, it's that proper place, putting it in its proper place. And I know that I've been guilty of, you know, clinging to it as if it's my right and demanding it and not seeing it for what it is. So what are some of the key indicators of your distraction? How do you know that it's something has maybe seeped out of its proper place and is now, you know, kind of gotten into the, um, you, you're holding it too tightly or it, it is becoming a distraction? Well, <laughs> I think the worst thing for me, my, my poor husband, I just typically don't hear what he just said to me and mm-hmm. I've got to ask him to repeat it. And that hurts mm-hmm. his feelings. I mean, it really does. I mean, now, honestly, sometimes he gets distracted too, because he will get on his phone and he just gets, you know, he gets locked into that thing or he'll, he'll have to ask me to repeat what I just said because he's distracted by his phone. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's a game that two people can play. So he's not perfect either, but it's just never good because, you know, I don't ever want to offend someone because I'm not paying attention just because I'm distracted. It's just, it's not good. I have to be, I have to be careful with that. There's, there's nothing so important on the internet that the person right in front of me, my grandkids or my daughter or my husband or my friend is not more important. The person in front of you always has to be more important than whatever's going on on the internet. Yeah, I agree with you, Kate. I know here at the podcast, as far as um, being a distracted culture, I know Jamie, you, Kate, and I have all discussed that one of the things that we've been working on individually and as a podcast this year is to be a better listener to the people that listen to our podcast, to the things going on in culture, the things maybe we don't understand and just being a better listener. Um, And I think that as a podcast, it's easy to become distracted with sharing with a big audience, but we want our listeners to know that we're working really hard to be good listeners. Um, That's something we've chosen to do this year. For me, key indicators of my motherhood distraction or in my home would be symptoms like I'm annoyed easily. I'm impatient. I show frustration in my reactions. Um, And specifically an indicator that I know I'm, I'm, struggling with being distracted is that at the end of the day, I'm feeling a disconnect with my family or certain children in my home. I remember a couple of years ago when I was writing a book and traveling more and very busy doing a lot of different things. It just was the season. I was very distracted. Um, Some things were good and some things were unhealthy. Um, I started to feel a very strong disconnect with my youngest daughter. And it was very evident. Like I could feel her emotionally pulling away from me, conversationally pulling away from me. She didn't care to share things with me at the end of the day. And I think she had become frustrated with my disconnect. And so um, those are symptoms that I not only pay attention to in myself, but also in my family, when I notice, you know, there's a lack of, um, parental and child or in my marriage disconnect. I think that we should see the symptoms in other people around us as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, 
I agree. September, obviously, you know, when your temper is short or you blame your kids, whether audibly or just quietly in your head for interrupting, that's definitely an indicator. I guess I would add to that when I easily misread a situation, you know, like I only hear half a conversation and only see half the action. And so I misinterpret what's going on. And when that happens, I find myself jumping to conclusions or having to waste so much extra time redoing an activity because I didn't do it right the first time. For me, I would say that that's my biggest um, red flag. In addition to that, I'm wondering what are some of the short-term and maybe long-term effects of a state of constant distraction? Well, I think the short-term effects would be annoyance, but the long-term effects would be impatience, you know, and could ultimately lead to offense. And offense is never good. I don't want to offend anyone, but if we're distracted, we can easily ignore the ones we love and they can get offended. It can become a vicious circle. You know, I think about in the Bible, Lot was so distracted, it took two angels to get him out of Sodom. I mean, think about that. And look at Solomon. He started out so beautifully, but he ended up neglecting what he was given for something of much less value, which was his interest in foreign women. It completely distracted him from his purpose. He was a great man, but he gave into idolatry and he clung to his wives and their false religions. And it just really messed him up. And then I think about the rich young ruler in the New Testament who was distracted by his wealth and he couldn't follow Jesus. Distraction, unfortunately, leads to shallow living and shallow thinking. Distraction really is the thief of focus and the thief of purpose. It steals our time and ultimately our destiny, but only if we let it. We just have to work hard to battle it. You know, we have to, we have to recognize it first and then do all we can to just not allow it to overtake our lives. Cause it's very easy to, to spend hours on Instagram or on social media, you know, and to let that become too important. It can become an idol in our lives if we let it, but we have to just determine that's not going to be the main focus of my life and allow our family to take its proper place again. And our, our spouses and our children, you know, we just have to determine what's important again and what is overtaking our lives and go, wait, stop, no, enough already, you know, and, and come back to what's important and allow that to take its proper place again. Right. Okay. I think you said just about everything I was going to say. That's so good. Some of the things that I've seen short-term personally, whether it's friendships or maybe people in the church or my family, my children, is that, of course, I mentioned earlier, disconnect, but I've noticed one important thing is that people stop caring about having a relationship with you if they think that you don't care. Sometimes our symptoms of being distracted send messages of not caring about an intentional relationship. So they just decide to not invest in return. That could be friendships. That could be our children. And another thing that I've noticed in, um, sadly by experience is that others begin to lack, have a lack of respect for us and a lack of honor and respect for the thing we're pursuing, because they see that we are investing greater value or time to that than we would to them. They don't respect it as much because they see the imbalance that we have in a relationship with them. 
I think we have a generation of parents who are frazzled. We're behind in tasks. We're missing out on the good that's right in front of us. And we struggle to be in the present. And that's obviously the short-term effects, but the snowballing effect of that is that all of that then becomes a habit. We think that that's just normal and it becomes more and more difficult to break. Once you live in that space of distraction, you're just more prone to it. Your body goes into autopilot and you, you know, reach for your phone in short-term bursts of downtime, or you, you know, I'm guilty of once I'm overscheduled, just getting used to that posture and then continuing to overschedule myself when I have a free hour in my schedule, because, well, I, I did it yesterday. I can certainly do it today. So then the long-term effects of that are children who are socially stunted. I mean, the, the verdict is now out in, in this younger generation. They haven't learned basic social cues that are learned through intimate interactions with others. And then we have tweens and teens that don't want to come to us when they need us because they've learned that we aren't available. So they take their needs elsewhere or worse yet, they just suffer silently in patterns of, of misbehavior and negative, you know, self-talk, kids will find ways to get our attention one way or the other. If we're not giving them the positive attention right now, you know, that, that crave for attention will come out in all the wrong ways. Imagine the world change that would take place if we moms did the knee-bending work of prayer for our homes. If we spent just as much time praying as we do providing perfect childhoods, perfect days, perfect dinners. Our kids need perfection, that's true, but it won't ever be found in us. That's a gift only Jesus can lavish on them. If Kate, September, and I could encourage you in just one thing, it would be prayer. Nothing will be more powerful in the life of your kids and in your relationship with them than bringing them to the throne of the all-powerful one who can move heaven and earth on their behalf. To help direct your thoughts to specific prayer points found in Scripture, we've put together a month-long series of prayer cards called 30 Days of Prayer for My Child. Each card contains a prayer theme, a verse that correlates with that theme, and a brief sample prayer to help you call upon God to be faithful to his word in light of your kids. To grab a set of your own, head to September and Co. Shop on Etsy. Pray for your kids today, because if you're not praying for them, who will be? So let's not just be the Debbie Downers and play the violin the entire time. Let's talk about some practical tips for the mom who maybe recognizes that she has been distracted. How can we recalibrate our focus when we come to that conclusion? Yes, I am distracted. I haven't been giving um, proper attention where it needs to go. Well, distractions, it, it's going to reveal what's important to us. It will honestly reveal what we love. Like Martha in scripture, I mean, she was super distracted by all her cooking and cleaning, and Jesus had to nearly rebuke her to get her to realize what she, that what she was doing wasn't the best thing. She was trading time at his feet for a clean kitchen and a nice meal, honestly. Her values were messed up, and until Jesus pointed it out, she didn't realize it. 
Distraction reminds us how frail and how limited we truly are. I mean, we're forced to turn to the Lord for the help we need because only God can give it to us. So I think when the Lord points it out to us, we need to repent really and turn and change and ask God, how, how can we change? You know, what can we do to, to change things in our lives and just do things differently? You know, I, I think it probably means putting down our phone because for most of us, I, honestly, I think it's going to be our phone. That's going to be the biggest distraction in our lives. So, you know, I think we just need to probably put it down and walk away from it a lot more during the day than, than we do, because that's, that's going to be the biggest thing for most of us. And it's just going to be, I'm going to have to just have times during the day that are phone free zones, you know, because that's for most of us, that's the biggest distraction. You know, that's the, that's the thing, you know, during mealtime, during certain times, we just need to, our kids need to know that they can come to us whenever they need us. And I agree, Kate. I think it's, it's easy to point the finger at phones, but I think the, the heart issue is deeper. Like if it's not the phone, it's going to be something else. Yeah. The, the, our heart posture needs to place value on the valuable things. And we can take away our phone, but if our heart posture doesn't find value in the people that are right in front of us, we're going to look to something else. So if it's not the phone, it's going to be something else. So I think you're right. I think the phone is the biggest distractor, but only because that's the easy go-to. I think the point is though, not necessarily retraining our phone use, but retraining our heart posture. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, I think for the moms listening, I'm always, I feel like I'm always that person on our podcast that says, well, let's, let's put it this way. I, I can imagine there's some moms listening that are thinking I am giving 24 seven to my kids. I am paying attention to them all the time. I can't even get a shower. I am so focused on them. I want to be distracted. I just want a little time away. I think when we really get down to it, when we talk about being distracted as a mom, and I have these conversations with my kids all the time. And it's the same principle. What is it we are looking for in the thing we're being distracted by? When I hear my girls maybe hanging out with friends and all they talk about are boys, 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 boys. We have a conversation and I say, is there something better? Why do you feel the need to talk about boys the whole time? Um, are, is your focus diversified? So I think, for example, if, if we turn to Instagram, are we looking for socialization? Maybe it's a need we have. If we look at um, talking to a friend on the phone or we need quiet time or we want to get outside and we're just all about comfort, there usually is a route to the things that we seek. And so I think if we could just identify those, um, I have some really strong extroverted children and they're always wanting to do something. Let's go do something. Let's go do something. And I say, no, it's a distraction from our school. We have priorities. We will have social time later. And it just makes me think about anything we're distracted from. There's usually a root within, within us, whether it's an idol or something good that we either need, crave, or, um, have idolized. And so I think if we could uh, maybe examine the things that are distracting us, we'll realize maybe those things can be compartmentalized into other times of the day. So once we've identified those roots, once we've identified what's causing those distractions, I would recommend and encourage because, because I've had to do this myself and I've encouraged my kids to do this set times in a day for the areas 
that you're distracted by. So make a phone time, put your phone away, pick it up if it's your phone. Close your computer if you're working, if your kids are in the room so that they know that they are your priority in your kid time. Um, another thing that I do personally is I recalibrate my thoughts. I pick a focus word for the day. So every day I think today is about character. Tomorrow is about responsibility. And I, and I bring everything into focus for that day. So if something I've chosen to do or something I'm doing does not line up with um, the word I've chosen, then it's off the shelf for the day. And I think a really fun and important thing at the end of the day is to recall moments and memories as a family, because if you know you have to do that at the dinner table or something, you're going to make sure you're having those memories and moments you're in current time with your kids. Yeah. I love that question. September. Can you repeat that one more time? Just a, a question to bring your thoughts into focus, um, to help you examine how you're using your time. Right. I don't remember my exact quote, but I'm, I'm thinking, you know, if we can bring our thoughts and the root of what we're being distracted by, so we can focus, you know, it really helps us examine where the distraction is coming from. Well, I have just a couple of thoughts. Um, and this might seem like a captain obvious answer, but I know I need to remind myself of this, make it a goal to look a person in the eye when you're talking with them, even if you're doing something else, just stop and look them in the eye. I know when my kids come down the stairs in the morning, I'm up usually either working or having my Bible study or doing something. But when they come down the stairs, I want to be mindful to put down what I'm doing and actually look them in the eye because that small, quiet commitment speaks volumes about my interest in them and their needs. It's just a small little thing to look a person in the eye. I think my daughter is a wonderful example of um, putting her phone in the proper place. I certainly can learn from her on Sundays. She sets her phone and I'm not exactly sure how she does it. Cause I'm not tech savvy enough, but she sets her phone, um, and turns off all her notifications, except the notifications from my husband or I, just so that we can get a hold of her if we need to, in order that she can have Sabbath rest from distractions, um, while still being safe and, and reachable by my husband and I, the control won't even let her send or receive any kind of messages. And at first, I know that some of her friends and other people would get frustrated because they wanted to reach her on Sunday and they couldn't. But eventually they just knew I can't call or text Maddie on Sunday. So they had to be proactive to, you know, if they, if they wanted to get together, they had to make plans earlier or, you know, they, they reach out to her on Monday morning. It just is a way for her to have one free day without being distracted because she knows she needs that in her life. I think it's also important kind of going along with what September was saying. We, we can easily say, and, and I'm just going to use myself as the example, because I don't want to throw anybody else under the bus and I don't know everybody's situation. I can easily say, oh, I spend all day with my kids, but I'm just spending moments living parallel lives with them. And I'm not actually investing in them in a real um, constructive way. So I think if we are, are mindful to schedule focused time, especially with our littlest ones, you know, to not just say, well, I'm with my, my toddlers all day long, to actually say, you know, in the morning, these morning hours before their nap, that's, that's when I'm really going to sit down on the floor and I'm going to play blocks with them, or I'm going to take them on a walk and give them focused time. 
And then I feel like then you can give yourself permission to have that other time where you maybe check Instagram and get a little bit of that social interaction that you need maybe as a stay-at-home mom, because you know, without a doubt, you have given focus time to your youngest. Um, And I think lastly, just to remember that messages breed messages. Don't feel like you have to respond to every email or text. You know, how much time is wasted in the day just reading, you know, the thumbs up on social media or the sounds good emails from others. Don't allow unnecessary affirmations to hijack your day. I I got to this point a, a couple of months ago where my Instagram Um, messages or notifications kept pinging all day long. And instantly, as soon as you hear that ping, you think, oh, it might be something important. So you check your phone. And I found myself checking my phone all the time. And what it really was, was just somebody giving a thumbs up or a smiley face or a heart. And I was allowing these little tiny affirmations to completely control my day. So I just finally turned off instant messaging on IG. And it's not that somebody can't reach out to me. It's just that the automatic messaging on the bottom of of my story feed isn't there. So they have to make it a point to actually go to my account and send me a message if they want to get a hold of me. Because I I wanted to be in control of my time. I didn't want somebody else to control it for me. Let's bring this back to the gospel, though, ladies. How does our distraction affect our gospel living? Or better yet, what does scripture say about where our focus should be as a wife, as a mother, even as a child of God? Well, I think if we remember what the fruit of the spirit is and meditate on those things, it can really help recalibrate our brains when we get distracted. I love what Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. The only way we strengthen self-control, which is how we will control distraction in our lives, is through hard work and resisting the urge to give distraction a foothold. And as we work on it, the spirit of God will empower us and increase our capacity for self-control. Is the distraction taking me away from Jesus or from my family? That's the question to ask. And I love this quote from Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. So then be careful how you live. Do not be unwise, but wise, making the best use of your time because the times are evil. So I think that's going to really help a lot. If you, if you meditate on that scripture, particularly be careful how you live, making the best use of your time. When you open your phone right there, that, that right there is very convicting to me to open every time I open my phone, am I making the best use of my time? It's going to help me to not sit there on Instagram for hour after hour. So, you know, let, let that one, that's a good one to memorize Ephesians 5, 15 through 16. Mm -hmm. That's a good verse. Those are good verses, Kate. Um, We'll leave those in our show notes too. I know for others, Um, you know, I believe our focus can be multi-tiered, but one not taking the place of another. So in my life, that would be the ability to have many areas of focus, but some are definitely more important than others. And I think for all of us, it's really the foundation that matters and not putting one area of focus 
uh, above another. I think gospel living is to proclaim the good news and the example of Jesus in his dying to self and his commands to love one another supremely. And if I find the fruit and I'm bearing and producing something contrary to this, then I know I need to shift and stabilize my foundation. Um, I like to think of Titus two verses seven through eight and everything set them an example by doing what is good in your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. I just want my children to see that I'm intentionally giving them the time that God wants me to focus on for them in motherhood, but they can also know that I can do other things, but I'm not distracted by those other things. I think this is kind of a tough question because on the one hand, this year, especially we've all needed a few helpful distractions for some text and social media interaction has been their only form of communication with others. And we have to remember that the one thing that comes to mind is what scripture says about our commitment to a decision. In other words, a wishy-washy, or one might say a distracted approach to life. Matthew 5, 37 says that our yeas should be yay and our nays should be nay. And I realize that verse isn't necessarily talking about multitasking and being distracted, but I think it is a good reminder to be fully committed to my commitments, to be present, not always in a continual state of half-hearted attention. On the plus side, this also gives me permission to give attention to work and to church and to social commitments. My kids don't need me to helicopter or obsess over every little minutia of their lives because I know that that kind of over-attentive parenting breeds self-focused and even entitled kids. My kids can see me give my attention to other things too, but the balance has to be there. And that's the thing. They have to see that I'm giving them my full yay when I'm giving it in order that they can then accept the nay well when I have to give that too. It seems like 21st century moms are spending way more time and energy on parenting. And yet the quality of that time and energy sometimes is quite low. We're there, but we're not always present. We're giving partial attention all the live long day. And as a stay-at-home mom, I'm always present physically, which in some ways inhibits my child's growth towards autonomy, but can be rarely present emotionally or socially, which inhibits their emotional and cognitive growth. Our intention in shining some light on our collective distraction as moms today is not to heap on guilt or shame, especially in this particular year when it's been emotionally difficult for all of us. Our goal has been to help you and, and really to help the three of us to examine how we're using our time. As Kate mentioned, Ephesians 5, 15 through 16 gives us a good lens to look through in regards of how we spend our days. Look carefully then how you walk not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. May God give us the wisdom to redeem the time.